Ours were beautiful. Thank you for giving them to me. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, so I am like on the board elder. Uh, I oversee tech too, which is like uh, another thing that, uh, uh, but I've been in the church for uh, a couple of years and um, uh, I want to welcome all of our guests. Uh, you can text, I, I love this number. I specifically chose it because 666-4777. I just wanted, it was like, I just wanted to get all the religious people in the whole 666 thing. They're going to be like, oh, we can't do that. Ah, but it's all those 666ers, 4777. So, so all you have to do is text, uh, text guest, the word guest, to 666-4777. Whether you're online, you're watching the YouTube, or you're on the website or whatever, uh, we would love to hear from you. Uh, if you go online, you can actually fill out a little connect card if you want more information about the church. Uh, we'll, you'll, you'll get on our uh, weekly announcement list. Just says what's going on in the church. Uh, feel free to do that. Uh, the other thing is this morning, uh, kids are in with us. Um, we've heard a few screams. It's awesome. People love babies. People love kids. So that's okay. Uh, it's a little different. Uh, but we felt like it was good to have families in here this morning. Uh, if you didn't get one, there's little kids packets for all of the kids. Uh, you can grab a packet. I know Stephanie, who's in charge of our kids' church, uh, she was handing some out. And I even saw some, uh, like, uh, headphones to, to cover up their ears and stuff. So Stephanie is awesome. Let, let's just give a round of applause for Stephanie. That's right. So we got another guest speaker this morning, uh, Pastor Jess Strickland. Uh, he, he was up here praying, and and uh, I have known him for years, and like we keep in touch. I've seen him at uh, conferences. Um, we've talked during the whole pastoral pro, uh, pastoral process of finding a pastor. Uh, spent a couple of hours talking with him and and really gleaning. Like he's been a senior pastor at uh, Living Hope Church in Aloha, Oregon, for. A couple of years <laughs> and he has a lot of experience in helping churches find pastors and he's seen it seen it happen well and seen it happen poorly and and all the variety and so it was really good picking his brain with that but what he does have is he has a heart for our church um, and he's in he's in Oregon I mean he's got he's got his own church he's got his own stuff but the, he was always checking in and finding out how city church of albuquerque was doing so let's just welcome pastor jess this morning an honor to be here i gotta say and uh So far, this service has been, I think, incredibly moving. It's, uh, if you're a pastor and you have people that have been in a church for decades, that's, uh, that's no small thing. So it's, to me, I've got to be a little careful as I get started here because that just is incredibly emotional. So to a church, yes, it was pastored well, but to a people that responded well, uh, great job. Amber, what a great job. Your family, love you, your family. Great job. So, it's a day. It's a good day. It's a wonderful day. And getting to know Jeff and Marissa, I think they're wonderful people. I would like to say this about them. Uh, we have just met recently, but I can give you this report. 
they walk carefully before God. They speak carefully and honorably. They're going to lead you thoroughly. They're just not going to just dial it in. They're going to lead you thoroughly. You have a pastor and his wife that can listen to you. They're not reactive. His tone is, and her tone is a Jesus-like tone. And their preaching style is excellent. They are a great family. And they come from great families. And they hunger for Christ. We have traditionally in our church, we've tried to educate the brain because we think that that's kind of where change comes from. But it's not really where change happens. Change happens in the heart. You disciple the heart. If the, if the hungers of the heart get right, you've got a shot at renewing the mind. And now you've got transformation working. And they hunger for Jesus. Last week, I, like I was listening to last week's sermon, and uh, your purpose needs a people. I just, I, I, I like the saying, but I liked how he said it to you. He said it with this, uh, like, I so deeply love you, and I so deeply long to see that you find your purpose and that you realize that your purpose needs a people. And when you get that together, you're going to have something really, really cooking. And uh, the whole theme of, you know, because you had the encounter retreat coming up, it only takes one encounter to change your life. And I, aren't you thankful that Pastor Jeff did not camp on the Tom Cruise story as being the monumental life change for Marissa? That there was Jesus yet after Tom Cruise. That's a great story. I love that. <laughs> And I, I love this. I, I, I love what you said, Marissa, particularly the stuff you had on an encounter with Jesus reveals our brokenness. And there's great joy when you can have an encounter with Jesus and you can have your brokenness revealed in front of him because he just follows that up with so much hope. I love that. And Jeff, your part on unlocking the voice. So you have pastors of honor. They're going to go a long way with you and they're going to take you a long way and you're going to love them and it's an honor to be here uh, in this church i would like to just for a few minutes talk about the weight of honor if i could i uh i just was kicking around like two or three things that i would engage this morning with and something was just said to me about three days ago and as soon as it was said i just felt this come upon me Holy Spirit, come upon me for this word. And so it's just the weight of honor. And Lord Jesus, give us the grace just in a few moments to walk through this. Mark Buchanan tells the story of his grandmother-in-law. And his grandmother-in-law lived in Canada, and she lived in a place where in the last century, the century before, people were running to with this, you know, greedy eye glaze in their face to find gold. And she just thought they were crazy and they were nuts. So after kind of all had come through and dredged from the streams and gotten the gold that they wanted, she's sitting in her house and out in the garden was this great big boulder. And so she thinks, I'm going to go out. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to start sanding on that boulder and I'm going to try to bring some of the luster out. And I'm going to try to make this big rock beautiful 
and shiny and let it be the centerpiece of the garden. So she goes out with sandpaper and she starts sanding and she starts sanding vigorously, even, even sanding so vigorously that there's even some blood stains on the rock that she's, she's, she's got to wipe off. And then all of a sudden, behold, she looks down and she sees gold. And she takes her finger and she puts it down in the gold and it's caking on and she's excited because now she's got the fever. Maybe, maybe there's just gold in this rock sitting right here in my house. And she sands feverishly and, and she is sweating and she is tired and she's got the fever now. And then the moment when she's really, really tired, she takes her hand and brings it up to her forehead and she wipes it. And she noticed out of the corner of her eye that there was something really wrong with her wedding ring. The inside band had been rubbed away to a bare thread. <laughs> How many of you know we can pursue the wrong thing? Sometimes I think we try to pursue so hard in our church life. Let, let, let's get the doctrine right. Let's get this right. Let's get everybody behaving right. We want to get, we want to get everything just so right in the church. And I'd like to suggest to you, rightness might not be all the sanding that we want to do. There may be something else that we want to look at. The Bible says in Habakkuk 2.14, it says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory, the kavod of the Lord. It's going to be filled with the knowledge of the glory, the kavod of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. That is a certain prophecy. Someday the very glory of God is going to cover this planet. The kavod of God is going to cover it. There's another verse that says this, holy, holy, holy. And we get this, we get this kind of, these words so wrong because we tend to think in holiness, we tend to think, and it certainly is this, we tend to think in terms of, well, that's other than original. There's no one like God. You know why there's no one like God? Because there is no one who can be faithful like God. There is no one who will hang in there and be devoted. There is no one who would send his son to the cross to make sure that he didn't lose humanity. When you're talking about the holiness of God, if, if I were to make this, this piece of paper holy, all it would mean is I would bring it to the Lord and I would devote it to him so it would have no other purpose except what God wanted it for. God is just that way. He is absolutely faithful. Holy, holy, holy. I scream that out with all my might. All my existence. It, it hinges on this, the holiness of God, that the sun will come up in the morning, the S-O-N sun will come up in the morning, and mercy will be cast into my heart. My whole life depends on his faithfulness and forgiving me every single time and bringing me back to himself. My whole life depends upon it. So here they're crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The earth is full of his kavod, his glory. That's where we're headed. That's where we're going in. So when you think of, when you think of Kavad, you can think of it maybe this way. You can think, if you could imagine, Joel Olstein's church. It's, you know, the greatness of that church, the auditorium that is in, and, you know, all the people that would go there. And just imagine, this does not exist, but just imagine across the church was a little tiny group of about 50 people auditorium of about 50 people and that's all that would fit in there and they just refused to sell their land and you you would you would you and i would look at that and you would say i wonder this would be in our human mind not in god's mind i wonder which place has more glory 
and you would automatically, you would say, well, like the big arena, that would have much, much more glory. Why? Because it has more weight. So here's what I want to say, that the weight of God, the, the, the weight of his presence will fill the earth more than any other weight there is. So anything else that we think is weighty, anything else we think significant, anything else we think important, here's what he's prophesying. Someday, the weight of his presence, the weight of his glory will outweigh everything else. And we will see it. That's what we're headed for. That's, that's what we're going for. Now, I know you, you're thinking, Pastor Jess, I think you're a little bit off subject. You're talking about the weight of honor. But I'm not that far off subject. I want to read this verse to you slowly. Okay, And it just goes like this. He gave the apostles and prophets and evangelists and shepherds and teachers. He gave them for this reason. So, Jeff and Marissa here, they are a gift to you. Why are they here? To equip the saints. That's why they're here. They're here to equip you. Why? For the work of the ministry. Huh. So they're equipping us for the work of the ministry. What's the work of the ministry? Are you ready? Am I clicking that probably? Maybe I'm doing that. If I'm not that, I'm, I'm not bothered by anything if that's just the way it is. Oh, static. Okay, great. I like static electricity. Some people think it's the Holy Ghost when you shake hands. So it's, it's helpful to a good Pentecostal meeting. So it works. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I try to be good when I'm out. Uh, I tell you what, I've really enjoyed uh, preaching in my church in the last couple of weeks because my daughter's been traveling and my wife has been working in children's ministry, so that means I can say anything I want. <laughs> and I have. <laughs> so, okay, here we go. So to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the... So, like, here's what he's doing. I'm, I'm giving you these gifts because I want to build up the body of Christ. Well, why does the body need to be built up? So look at it right here until we all attain the unity of the faith. And that is loaded far more than you can imagine. In other words, he's saying this, because when you think of faith, you think of believing, but that's not really what the word meant in the Greek or when they were thinking about it. It really meant more this. It meant until we all come to the unity of a life completely devoted to God. That's what he wants to do in a church. He wants all of our lives to be completely devoted to King Jesus. And look at this. And of the knowledge of the Son of God. What's he saying? There's two things that our God wants to do in you. He wants you to have the very fidelity that was in Jesus. Jesus wants to give that to you. That's why we have communion. That's why all that is done. He wants to give that to you. And then as you're giving your... Watch this. As you're giving your fidelity to God, the same knowledge that Jesus has concerning his Father, he begins to share with you. And a couple of things happen. All of a sudden, whoa, I'm walking in the fidelity, the very fidelity of Jesus. And by the way, it doesn't take much. A little grain of mustard seed grows all huge things. So don't think you've got to be, be all that great on faithfulness. Even when you're starting, big things are going to happen. And then Jesus starts sharing with you the things that he knows about God. And then what's going to happen to a mature man, that would be all of you, a mature man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So I, I say it this way. So you're walking down the street and you guys have been at Albuquerque City Church and somebody looks at you and they say, 
Look at that person. Do you know what he looks like? No, what does he look like? In measure, he looks exactly like Jesus. Same faithfulness, same sense and knowledge of who God is. So, what's Jeff and Marissa doing here? They're raising up a leadership team. I mean, they're well on their way. And that leadership team, huh, is equipping you to get involved in some work of ministry that's going to help people come to fidelity of faith and knowing Jesus so your city can see Jesus walking around on your sidewalks. That's what they're here for. Okay, so do you have that so far? We move on and read these verses now. Now, when the Lord was about to take Elijah up to heaven by a whirlwind, Elijah and Elisha were on their way from Gilgal. So they're at Gilgal on their way and Elijah turns, to, Elijah turns to Elijah and says, please stay here, for the Lord has sent me as far as Bethel. There's a good thing going on here. There's a good ministry going on here. I, I'm about to be taken away. Why don't you stay here and do your ministry here? Because you're going to find some really, really good fruit if you just stay right here. But Elisha said, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. Interesting. Why are you hanging on with such fidelity further down it says when they had crossed so they finally went to from Gilgal they'd gone to Bethel he says stay at Bethel this would be a good place for you there's nothing in 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 the future for you you could actually start a good church here you could make a good living settle down no I'm not staying at Bethel then he goes all the way down to Jericho and he says stay here there's nothing for you I'm I'm gone there's nothing for you and each time Elisha's saying no I'm going to go with you all the way, all the way to the end. So he says this, when they get and cross the Jordan, Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I shall do for you before I am taken from you. And Elisha said, hmm, please let there be a double portion of your spirit on me. Now, we usually totally miss what's being asked here. May you get a double anointing, double miracles, double all, blah, blah, blah. We, we just, want, just more. What he's asking for is more. That's not what he was asking. He was asking for something very specific. And he said, you've asked a hard thing. Yet, if you see me as I'm being taken from you, it shall be so for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so for you. Now you wonder, so if, if, he, if he saw him, if, he, if God gave him spiritual eyes to see him, that's not really the emphasis of that right there. Here's what Elijah's finally saying. We're, we're on the other side of the Jordan. I get you won't leave me. I don't know what's facing me. I don't know what's coming. But let me tell you this. If you stay with me all the way to the end, something wonderful is going to happen. That's the emphasis of that verse. If you're sticking with me all the way to the end, something's going to happen to you. Maybe you'll get the answer to your prayer. So we have this word kavod, glory. We have another word honor. Kabod. Really close words. Because you know what he wants you to know this morning? 
if you want to unleash the glory of God on your house, honor one another. Okay, ready? Starting with your pastors. If you want, like, I want the glory of the Lord to cover the earth. I do too. How about it just cover this place to begin with? We start right here. How, how would the Lord's glory, how would his weight, are you kind of hearing this a little bit now? How could the weight of his presence, how could we, <clears throat> how could we say that is more important than anything else? How could we, how could we prize and esteem and honor the weight of his presence more than anything else? With all of my heart, I believe it starts with honor. The first step of love is honor. And honor starts unleashing glory in a house. Uh, years back, uh, before my daughter actually became my executive pastor, uh, people would go around the church, they'd call me Jess Twig, blah, blah, all these things. She becomes executive pastor, and she didn't even ask me this. And I'm, I am like getting steamed when she's doing it. She says, we don't want anybody calling Pastor Jess, Jess or Tw Twig is my nickname, it's a family name, Jess or Twig anymore. And I am steamed when she's doing this. Like, I want to be among the people. I want to be a bro. I want to be something. And so she just says this thing, because if you do this, if you do this, it's not, a, it's not so much a title as a recognition that we honor, just carefully hear this, because this is going to happen in a moment, that we honor the one and the ones God has appointed. Because if they get honored, then their, their elders get honored and the whole church starts getting honored. I, I was just, don't do that. Just, I just want to be Twig. I just want to be Jess. It's not that big a deal. And then all of a sudden, you know, first it was the jokes and then she corrected the jokes. It's like, who do you think you are? The pastor? I'll correct this. She says, when they're coming around joking, they say, ha ha ha, we can't call you Twig anymore because your daughter says, and, and she said, no, I'm not acting as his daughter. I'm acting as a pastor of this house. Please don't even make a joke about this. We need to get this corrected because for years we'd had little divisions in the church. And she thought the reason we had divisions in the church because I was playing too fast and loose with who I was and not bringing honor to my appointment. And she was right. Now, you, you may not care for it, but I want to I tell you something. If you were to walk into our church this morning, it is explosive with tears. It is explosive with love. It is, it is, just, it is just bursting everywhere. Why? Because everybody in that church, because if we're going to honor the pastor, doggone it, we're going to honor every single person in the place. They all get that honor. They all get, they all get that together. When you have that going on in the church, I believe glory falls and presence becomes hmm, your most prized and hungered person in the place. You know the Tomb of the Untone, uh, Unknown Soldier? You know, it's kind of an amazing thing. You have these soldiers, you know, how does it go? They walk 21 steps, 63 feet, and then they stop and they face for 21 seconds the tomb. And then, you know, they turn as they do and they walk 20. And, oh, I think they turn and then they look away for 21 seconds and then they turn and they walk 21 steps and then they turn around again and they walk 21 steps and they look and they turn this has been going on since 1937 who's in that tomb they don't know a soldier from world war one world war two and the korean war 
When storms have come up, they've told the sentinels to stand down, and guess what? They won't do it. Now, why won't they do it? Because they believe that the honor of these fallen soldiers, which I think is excellent, they believe that the honor of these fallen soldiers is weighty. It's important. It's a duty they don't want to neglect. They have been out there when trees have been falling down because they don't want to leave this place because they considered a sacred duty. I, listen, I want to applaud that. But you have a king who is a much bigger deal than soldiers in the house. And, and, and I think he's just worthy saying, I just want to be careful how I do and say things when it comes to the honoring of people. So like, I think it's really fun to joke around with folks. Like I was on a, 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 my, my uh, Zoom call the other day in a Bible study with some guys. I just jumped in. Hey guys, could I join in today? Just see how it's going. So oh, yeah, sure, pastor, come on in. And so my friend jumps in. He says, oh, it's good to have the token white among us because it was an all black group. And then they start, they start laughing at me being the token white. So we start making all these uh, racial kind of jokes because that's kind of who we are. But nothing was over the line because they're just such deep love. So what happens is we're really careful. We don't, we're not sarcastic. We don't, we don't dig at something in one another that would bring something else down. Why? Because I think we're walking these 21 steps, these 21 seconds. We're trying to be careful with one another. So I end with this. I think the greatest work of honor is three gifts that you get. And here would be the gifts. I think if you turn your life and say, Jesus, make me one who honors, I want to start this morning with my pastor that you have appointed to lead me and then the leaders that are around him and then the person sitting right next to me. I think when we turn our life to honor, I think what God does is he gives us the firstborn portion. When he said, I want a double portion of your spirit, he was literally saying, because the only inheritance that Elijah had was the spirit that was upon him. He said, I want the firstborn anointing. Now, our firstborn is not Elijah. Our firstborn is Jesus Christ himself. And so there's something saying, like, like, People are called away from churches. That happens. In Oregon, people just move away from churches because they want a better house and they want to live in a more Republican state, so they go to uh, Texas. So that, that just happens. I don't know what to think about it. They're still my friends. I, I love them. But, they, I mean, they're clear. They just wanted a better place to live, and so they went to Texas and Idaho and Utah. And, no, I do not pray that the power grid fails in Texas. I really don't much pray for that at all. So... <laughs> kidding we joke about that but there are people who are called by God to go to another place when we dedicate babies we always say you know we're going to pray and raise these kids with you as long as you're here and if God uh, leads you somewhere else we will send you out with our blessing to continue on to raise your kids right so we we realize that that happens but here's the deal even guys that I know that I'm raising up right now that will go plant churches in our church someday here's their commitment they make to me I am with you to the end. I will stay here forever. Well, they can't make that commitment to me because why? They have a double portion of Christ's anointing. That means they will go where he tells them. But the attitude is, I'm the last guy off the bus with a pastor. Everyone else forsake you guys. I'm not. I'm here. I'm planted. 
Now, everybody knows the other side of that, don't you? He could call you, send you somewhere else. But you understand the spirit that you're having? I want to see you go. I want to go all the way. I'm just, I'm just praying with everything that's within me that the Lord will allow me someday when I'm really old that I could stand up here and get that bouquet of flowers because I stood with the pastor the whole way. And by the way, this is a big deal what happened up here. This is a huge deal what happened up here. This is not common in churches. It says a lot about this fellowship. And so I just want to suggest to you that when we honor I believe we get the firstborn portion. Second thing, I think we get the firstborn mantle. That mantle drops. The mantle that was used to cross the Jordan River, that mantle drops. And it's a very important mantle because all of our life with Jesus is built on one thing, denying ourselves. So the, 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 the mantle was likely a skin, came from a dead animal. He wrapped it around himself for warmth. It was kind of his tent. It was kind of his house. He fell to the ground because he wouldn't even need any more. And Elisha picks it up. And he goes back to the river. And he opens that river. Can I just make this suggestion to you, Light? That if every time you want to criticize something, you don't. But you deny yourself because you've got the firstborn's mantle you've got Jesus' mantle what's being formed in you well whatever it is it should have the shape of the cross should like when, when people are getting like in this crazy day where the Democrats and the Republicans are divided it's really bad in Oregon it, like I could go into it it's just really really bad in Oregon we have to teach our church to say listen the whole nature of the cross within us allows us to absorb all that hatred and to come back with a tone that is loving. Doesn't mean, I, like, I have a certain way I vote and do all that. It doesn't change all of that. But it brings me back loving. Why? Because the cross is being formed in me. Where does that begin? I think it begins this morning with your pastor and his wife. And then it starts moving to the eldership. And then it starts moving to the church. And all of a sudden, like, like I've got a... I, I've got the firstborn inheritance upon me. I've got the Jesus inheritance. And now I've got his mantle on me. And you know what? It's becoming easier and easier for me to deny myself and not get angry. Because, I mean, I could, I could go through four. There, there really are four things that happen in your spirit when Jesus is formed in you. But this is the biggie. All of a sudden, he takes away all my enemies. As then I told your pastor, I was in a, a car dealership, and I'm, you know, re-upping my lease, and I... I come in there and I, I said, like, would you do this for me? And I hold up the piece of paper that they sent me in the mail the day before saying that if you come in now, we'll do this great big wonderful thing for you. And the guy says, no one ever brings that piece of paper in. Why'd you bring it in? I said, well, because I want this deal. He said, well, I'd like to give it to you, but like we've already sold the car. I said, well, if, if that's true, you could show me kind of the, you know, the, you know, your sales deal for the last week and we could see if that car actually was sold because I figured it was still on the lot. And um, he said, well, he said, I'm going to go talk to somebody. And he comes back. Well, here's what happens. He lies to me three times. Like, like this is just 101 how to deal with, you know, when you're dealing for cars. Take a picture of everything. And if, if you can keep a piece of paper, keep it. So, I, like, I'm in the office. Now, I, so I say this because he lied to me once. And I said, now, listen, we're friends no matter what. Because I'm talking about Jesus. We're friends no matter what. I'm going to like you no matter what. But you did say this here. Oh, 
oh, oh, so maybe it was a fib, maybe it was not, but, the, but we are friends, right? Like, I, like, you hear my tone, I like you. We went through the whole thing because he did that three times. You know what he did at the end of it? Because I'm talking about Jesus and everything. He comes running out before I drive my car away. He says, now, where's your church? You see, we don't have to get like all up in ourselves like everybody is trying to do us in as a bad person. Maybe they are, but it doesn't matter. But there's some sweetness in Jesus that can come out of us because he's got our steps. I think that's what the mantle does for us. The third thing, we get the firstborn treasure. Now, maybe I'll just read the scripture and explain it to you. Because Elijah did, he, he certainly wanted this Holy Spirit thing to be put on him. He wanted to see God. He wanted to see all that. But there was something special that happened in Elisha's life. So let me read this to you. He went away from there, speaking of Jesus, and came to his hometown. And his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished, saying, and this is snide. They're not wearing the firstborn mantle here. This is snide. Where did this man get these things? Who does Jeff and Marissa think that? We have been here for a long time. Who do they think they are to come in? All that stuff can get in you. Why? Because Jesus really wants to put a spirit of honor in you. We need to get that out. What is this wisdom given to him? Who does he think he is? How are such mighty works done by his hands? And hold on that. Keep that in your mind. How are such mighty works done in his hand? Is it not, is, is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary? You know what he was saying there, don't you? Son of a, you can put the B word, right, slip it right in there. And brother James, Joseph, and Judas, <laughs> jokes. And not these sisters here with us are not even good looking. <laughs> and they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own church among the people that should be loving him. God can do anything. Obviously he cannot. And he, because I believe Jesus was God, and he could do no mighty work there except laid hands on a few sick and they got well that's all he could do why they didn't honor him this is jesus works the same way here so my daughter the other day she's going over this in the church and she she, she i almost did it this morning but it's a frightening thing to do jeff she says the senior pastor has the anointing to take the lid off the church and she's holding a pickle jar that has never been opened have any of you even men had to hit the top of a pickle jar once in a while to get the lid off like you want to be the man but you're just and so she hands this jar and she and she says in front of all my leadership team after she talks about this she says come on up pastor jess come on up and take the lid off for us I mean, all of them are there, no one missing. Like, the, the one moment, at least maybe could half of you just show up for this moment? No, every single leader's there. And I take this jar and I put my hand on it. And I start to turn it. And I could feel something that my hands, I was warm and my hands were a bit sweaty. 
and I could feel that thing slide. And I'm thinking as I'm turning it, so I flip my hands over and I grab it this way, I said, man, am I going to be one disappointed pointing pastor? And I gripped that and I could just feel my hand slide. But I just, it was like this. I went like this. Oh, well, I'll just embarrass myself to death. So, and it was like a hand went over my hand and that thing just started turning and popped. Now, I kid you not. I mean, I thought, I am dead meat on this one. And it, I didn't tell them anything. I acted like I had the strength, which was probably a wrong thing to do. I really thanked the Lord for me, put my hand on that and said, Jess, I'm still using you to take the lid off of your church. I'm telling you, you have a man this morning that's been called to you to take the lid off the church. And if he's taking the lid off the church, he's taking the lid off of your life. He's taking the lid off of your finances. He's taking the lid off of your health. He, he and she, I should say, they're taking the lid off of you. You got something you need God to weigh in on? I tell you, you start honoring them. Don't put them in a ball. We couldn't do any miracles there. No one was honoring us. So you're all running around. You say, we honor our pastors. We honor one another. Why? Because we're living in a day we got to have the lid taken off. And God's got to be doing some things among us. And we need him to do it. I think this morning, because you know we're going to have Jeff and Marissa come up here in just a moment. Uh, he's been here a while and all that. But I have a prayer to pray this morning. And when I pray this prayer, I'm praying it this way. Well, let me read just the back of just a little bit. I bear witness of the grace of God in your lives. Jeff and Rissa are living lives justified by the faith of Christ. I see that in them. I see and witness in Jeff and Marissa that they have been appointed by God to lead Albuquerque City Church. I see that in you. I see, I bear witness that you have been given by God the requisite gifts necessary to cause Albuquerque City Church to flourish. And lastly, I bear witness to this, that you, and please hear this carefully, I bear witness of this, that you are both examples worthy of saying, imitate me as I imitate Jesus. That's who you have. You know what Jesus had to do once in a while? He had to say, excuse me, guys, I need to go to the bathroom. I mean, have you ever thought about that? Like... He might have even said, guys, I got to go take a leak. I'll be back in just a moment. He might have said it that way. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Like Jesus had all these things going on in his life that you could have said, like he's, like he's just a normal guy. He's just one of us. He is, except for one thing. He's been appointed to lead. And if he's appointed to lead, that means he's appointed to equip. And if he's appointed to equip, that means everybody who wants gets to jump into that work together of making of people what God wants to make them. He takes the lid off of all of your lives, but it has to begin right there. Jeff and Marissa, would you come on up? We're gonna we're gonna end this time our service by praying for them and Steve and Barb, Jeff, Sarah. You guys would come up um, go ahead and have a seat um, 
Can I just say one other thing before we get started here? You, you, like when Steve came to Albuquerque many, many years ago, this church got a prize. Can I just suggest to you, you're getting a prize this morning. I mean, I've had time to talk to Jeff and he doesn't even know where he's going yet in the sense of, I'm not like he's blind. I'm just saying, what God is going to do with this church and with Jeff and the influence that you guys are going to have in the world is, I believe, beyond what you can expect or even your imagination. Natalie, I want you to come up here too, if you would, if you wouldn't mind, is going to be beyond your expectation. And so here we are, and I'm just, I'm going to read this and then Steve and these other guys are going to powerfully prophesy over you, but I, I want to say this to you, and I'd like to say it in a fatherly way. That's how I wrote it, if you don't mind. Your faithfulness did not begin with this assignment. You have been walking in his way and practicing his fidelity for some time now. You possess a humble view of yourselves. Don't ever lose that. However, God is going to use your voice in dimensions of influence which will surprise you. Wisdom gonna be multiplied. You will become like a skilled builder. You both of you are going to establish well-crafted house of God. Many streams have been flowing through you. Spiritual fathers and mothers have invested themselves in you. But the important thing is you listen to them and you learned. Today, God gives you, in Jesus' name, another mantle for this season. And it's the Jesus mantle. And you're going to be able to lay your life down and deny yourself. You're going to be able to, like, I don't know how we got through that without maybe different dimensions of anger, but you're going to find love is pouring out. Just like you said today, when you minister to us, please remember the people. And that's what he said. He was more interested about you receiving a prophetic word than he was even himself. It was hard for him to say, but he said, because he deeply loves you. There's a different mantle on him for you. That means there's a different, different mantle on where he wants to take this church. From this moment forward, your glory and your power changes. Hmm. The Elijah passed by and his mantle was thrown off. Elisha took it. Your clothing, your mantle, said to the Israelites twice, did not wear out this mantle, will not wear out. The Spirit of the Lord is clothing you. You are clothed with salvation. You have been clothed with gladness. You're going to be, every sacrifice you ever make in life, you will laugh at the other end of it. You'll cry going in, but you're going to laugh at the other end. Will he not much more clothe you in Jesus name arise in the mantle and lead this group forward into the mystery that is absolutely gonna be wonderful so Lord Jesus I lay my hands on them today and say they are appointed for this house they are appointed for honor they are appointed for the weight of your glory and honor to come on them for where you will lead them I pray this in Jesus name amen journey and much of his journey would not make sense he would even leave the known he would leave the places of his family for a greater purpose and he would carry the legacy and he would carry 
the grace of his father into an unknown place and would become a deliverer for more than just his family, but a deliverer of people. And I, my hand has been upon you, yes. says the Lord. So my hand has been upon you in the seasons when you said, oh God, what are we doing in the pit? My hand has been upon you in seasons where it felt like you had moments of favor and suddenly you found yourself in the prison. But the Lord says, I have taken you on a journey and brought you into a place of favor. Uh, my journey was not by accident. The tears you have carried and wept and uh, even the questions, you have kept your heart pure before me. And the Lord says, I am pleased with your heart. But that that which you have gone through it is not wasted that which you have gone through uh, it is not just uh, part of your past but every step every moment is a part of the legacy and in the blessing that you are stepping into so good so good the Lord would even say that there is a people in this house and a people who did not know that they would need a Joseph who would have a wisdom to know how to stock up and store up and prepare so that they would not go without nourishment. And I have given you wisdom and I have prepared your journey and there is a favor that rests upon you. You are gonna have wisdom to not just feed this house, but you are gonna have wisdom and favor to feed those who will yeah, come in the yeah, days ahead yeah. and say, uh, we did not prepare. We did not know what to do, but because of your journey because of the steps that you have taken you will have more than enough not just to feed this house but you will have enough to feed those who will come in the days ahead there will be more than enough and the Lord says that the tears you have wept are being wiped away and the joy of stepping into his promises is coming. Let the joy of the Lord begin to infuse your heart. Let there begin to be fresh dreams that rest upon you. May you begin to stir up those things even that were in your hearts in decades past and years past and seasons past. This is the season to build what your eyes saw once before. This is the season to begin to use that which you have prepared. Oh, woman of God, begin to dream again. Oh, woman of God. God, begin to let that which your mind uh, crafted in days past, oh, it's in this season that it's going to begin to be built. It's not just an architect. It's not you. I know you know how to design rooms and you know how to craft uh, 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 things, but the Lord has said that's not just in the natural. It is in the spiritual realm. And those things that were in your heart that you even thought maybe those were for the days in the past, the Lord says, begin to write them out again. Begin to write that which is in the canvas of your heart. Begin to see it crafted in the hearts of men and women who will rise up. Yes, Jesus. Dream again. Dream again. Oh, Lord, I just pray, even in this season, that the, that lid would be unlocked. They would begin to dream the dreams that you have. That, Lord, they would see that which their hands have built in the past. They would see it multiplied a hundred times over. Jesus name. Thank you, Jesus. Like Esther, it's for such a time as this. You have been carefully groomed, specifically invested in by the Lord himself for this season, for this place, and for this people. You have been perfumed and groomed, and you are ready to step in. God has prepared. His yes. mantle is sufficient. Everything you need is in the mantle he's placed on you. 
It's there, everything you will need. And you are specifically designed for this city, for this place. Yep. And the, it's for now. And it's like my, my, I sense the Lord is so pleased. The approval of God is on every single member of your family. The approval of God is a yes, it's a yes, it's a yes. You are received here and you've been designed for this place. And the mantle of the anointing is upon all of you for ministering here. I'm just going to pray freedom and confidence over you. Not to let yourself second guess who you are because God has made you to be who you are. Any of your idiosyncrasies, any of your, you know, things that you like, things that you dislike and, and worrying about whether or not people are going to accept those things or your preaching style or anything, this congregation is going to be with you. The ground that's going to be taken has already been prayed over. It's already been soaked in prayer. God has prepared the way. The giant has already been called out and you can't face it in somebody else's armor. Amen. Wow. So Jeff, we forgive you for being left-handed. <laughs> I don't know how we keep having pastors that are left-handed. Uh, so when, when Sarah talked about the, your idiosyncrasies or whatever, that was the first thing that popped into my head. Uh, um, I have a word for you and also a word for the church. Um, you don't have to fill anybody's shoes. Um, you, you got your own shoes, you fill your own shoes. Um, what has been done in the past is like going in and if, if you think about farming and you go in and you, you got to get these big boulders out of the field. And honestly, that's really what Stephen Barber did is get the big boulders out of the field. And then, and then they, they started to till and they started pull trees out and, and stuff because and, it, it was rough ground. And they went in and, and they did a lot of the hard work. Um, and then uh, Matt and Amber came in and they, they started tilling and they started watering and, and, and it progressed from there and stuff. But you guys are going to see a crop that they never saw. Um, and, it, and it may be small at first. It may, be, may go crazy and, and it may be beyond your wildest dreams. And you may be like, oh, holy smoke, we had no idea it was there. But, but God's been building for 35 years, however long it's been. Uh, because he's wanting to grow something. Now, um, I was, I had to lead kind of the effort of, of bringing a new pastor and, and talked with Steve a lot, talked with Jess, talked with uh, Doug Lassett up in Denver, talked with our board uh, like over and over and over again. One of the key things that we felt is that our pastor, uh, our pastors had to have our DNA. And, and if you've been around them at all, they just kind of have our DNA. They, they feel like they're part of our family. They just have kind of come in and it, and it just feels right. They also have to have a love for Albuquerque. Um, and they've come in and, and they're like, man, Albuquerque is so awesome. And, and it's amazing. And, and what's funny is whenever they say that, I always hear someone say, well, yeah, but. Well, yeah, 
yeah, we don't really don't like Albuquerque, but uh, we're here. And you know what? It just hit me when, we, when they were praying for him is that that's like Joshua and Caleb saying, man, we can take that. And everybody's like, yeah, but they got big giants. And I, I just want to challenge this as a church. We needed someone from the outside to come in and give us some new vision. Yes. Good, Jeff. To look at those giants. To look at those giants as this big and God is this big. Yeah, yeah. Because when you live in Albuquerque, you can get beat down, you can get wore down. And I believe that they're gonna bring some refreshing, um, some outside Canadian cool weather. <laughs> and they're like, all right, rebuke that Satan. <laughs> we don't want any cool weather, that's what they're. But God is gonna do something in our hearts that we start seeing God as bigger and the giants is smaller. And that, and that there will come a day when we're like, man, I love Albuquerque. I love this city. I love what God is doing in it. I love how God is reaching our homeless population. I love how God is, is breaking addiction in our city. I love how the churches are becoming unified. That's what we need to be praying. And, and I hope that we make a commitment right now. I'm not gonna talk bad about Albuquerque Good. anymore. Good. Nothing that I'm gonna have a faith that God is gonna turn this city around. There's a lot of problems, but there's a lot of good stuff. And God is bigger than that. I asked to go last, so. When I met um, Jeff and Marisa, I said, so tell me, what would be a dream place? Where would you like to be? They said, well, we've lived in Canada a long time. We want to go somewhere warm. They said, we'd like a city, maybe like a million people, and has universities where kids can go, and where there's multiracial stuff so we can build a multicultural church. I had to keep my non-job interview mask on. But um, I have a scripture for you. John chapter 4. Jesus had been talking to the woman at the well in Maria. His disciples were asking him questions and something to eat. My food is to do the will of him who sent me. His of our experience, we we dug and worked here, but there's a lot more to do. You're called to finish. Do you not four months and then comes the harvest? Behold, I say to you, lift up your eye and look at the fields, for they're white to harvest. And he who reaps receives weight, there's fruit for eternal life that both he that sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For this is the saying, one sows and another reaps. Now listen to this. Up this morning, I sent you to reap for that which you have not labored. I sent you to reap for that which you've not labored. Others have labored and you're entering into their labors. 
It's good, Steve. My friend John Dykus is here today, and he's a, just retired, stepped out of his church in Albuquerque, but he and I and several other pastors have labored over the city for years in prayer for the movement of God's Spirit come into this city. You're not, you're not coming into ground that hasn't been plowed. It's been plowed. It's been worked over. And I want to challenge the church. Get your eyes up. Get them off your mirror. Get them off yourself. Get them off your problems. And begin to look at God once again. Lift up your eyes. There is a harvest field. Right in front of you it's time to reap the Lord sent you here to reap yes. and I mean to reap to reap a harvest to reap a harvest of young and old to reap a harvest of men and women to reap a harvest of professional people to reach a harvest of blue collar folk to reach a harvest of poor folk and to build a community of people touched with his presence and touched with his glory who have got their eyes off of their self and onto their king and will begin to reap and reap and reap and reap. You are living in the season of reaping. The field's been plowed. It's time to reap. God has called you, anointed you, chosen you, and it's time to reap. Yes. Put in the sickle and begin to reap. Stir this place challenge them to reap. It's time to reap. City Church, it's time for you to reap. God has put you right here in the middle of this city, two blocks from the busiest intersection shopping area of this city. Thousands of cars go by you every day, all day long. You got this building and that building back there in today's technology, you can grow to a thousand people right here where you are and you need to begin to think that it's time for us to reap. We've been a nice little church for a long time and God wants to expand our borders and reach those who have even been thought unreachable. The Lord will mantle you and anoint you and fill you with wisdom to turn this place into a center of reaping. Everybody's going to have work to do because revival spelled W-O-R-K and may it come with power. May it come with signs and wonders. May it come with grace. May it come with humility. May it come with love. Let's gather around him. Would you all please stand and point your hands this way? This morning, we stand at this holy moment. We lay our hands on Jeff and Marisa Anderson and Olivia and Bella and their family. We ordain you. Yes, Jesus. Amen. 1991, Pastor Jess laid his hands on me and ordained me to lead in this city and we're here today kind of like in an apostolic order yes, yes. laying our hands on you 
in ordaining you. Yes. Not just to leave this church, yes. but to Good reap Steve. a harvest in this city. You're not just called to pastor this church. You will help pastor this city. You will help call people who've never walked with God to come and walk with him and find the joy of it is with living with Jesus. Let it be your portion. We ordain you this morning. Pastor Jeff, Pastor Marisa Anderson, you are ordained and chosen by God to lead this place and to lead this people and to lead the people who will come in into the future that Albuquerque again will see the kingdom of God coming with power, with anointing, with love in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome your pastors here. Welcome them. Church, we, uh, you know, uh, it was about just a little over a year ago that we, really, that our family started a journey and that your, our church family started a journey. And uh, time always gives us a, a great opportunity to look back. And it's been wonderful for us to uh, reflect over the past year and to see so clearly God's hand in leading our family to Albuquerque and putting it in your heart to receive us. And you've done, been so gracious and so welcoming to us. Um, it, um, it really is our highest honor and privilege to join you and to take the responsibility to pastor and to, and, and to lead. It's not something that we take lightly. And yet I will tell you this, that our hearts are filled with joyful anticipation for what lies ahead, not just for us, but for us. It is my, I've said this for a while, you've heard me say it already and you will hear me say it again, but it is my conviction that the greatest days for the church in my entire lifetime lie ahead of us. And in fact, it is my conviction that we, we as a church community and even as a larger body, it's my conviction that the church sits, stands on the precipice of the greatest move of God that we have seen in our lifetime. And God invites you and I to participate in what he is doing here in Albuquerque and beyond. We're so grateful for you, for your generosity of spirit, 
your welcoming of us, how gracious that you have been to us and how you have opened your arms to us and to our family. We're just so grateful for that. And uh, we thank you for sticking with us a little longer than we normally go on Sunday morning. We want to thank all of our guests, our family, and our friends, and guest ministries that have come to join us today. Thank you, Pastor Jess, for preaching a wonderful message and for coming and being a part of our weekend. Amen. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Girl. Uh, I just wanted to thank um, uh, our guests, like my husband just did, um, for coming this weekend. You know, we, we heard years ago at a conference, and it kind of has stuck with us, that a hero is actually somebody who creates a platform for somebody else to stand on. And we recognize today that this platform, we have the honor and privilege of stewarding for a season, for the, you know, our season we're anticipating is the rest of our lives. We're gonna steward this platform that has been entrusted to us and we recognize and we thank you guys for really being the hero makers that have created this platform for us to stand on and for allowing us to be a part of the City Church story. And our hope and our prayer, our, our intention is to be the same type of legacy maker so that one day we are transitioning this church to someone else who gets to stand on the platform and continue the work of building Christ's church here in Albuquerque. You know, we're so, so thankful that we get to be a part of this story and a part of the City Church family. So thank you, church, for embracing us. Thank you for creating this platform that we could stand on today. We are so excited for the days that are ahead. And church, just to celebrate and honor and, and have an opportunity for everyone to have a little bit of the fun today. We have a cake in the foyer <laughs> because we love that City Church loves food. So thank you for coming today, you guys. We pray you have a blessed week. I pray that where you go this week, you would look for an opportunity to step into the reaping anointing that is on this house. Invite someone into your life. Invite someone to church next week, and we'll see you guys next time. Amen. God bless.